Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to the second episode. Today I'm chatting to my friend, local Adelaide musician, Joseph Amput. I've intentionally made my chat with Joseph the first interview because he's been instrumental to the show's music. In the previous episode, I mentioned I'm a huge music lover, total rock ticket heart and a big Pearl Jam fan. The band gave me permission to cover and record a portion of their song, Amongst the Waves, and I asked Joseph to be my person. He's been amazing throughout this process. I've got to be honest, after we were given permission, there were some dramas getting the recording done. Uh, I'll go into that story another time. So now I'm going to play it, and I hope you like it as much as I do. Thank you again to Pearl Jam. Check out their original on their Backspacer album. Here's Joseph Amputch and the new theme song. Riding high amongst the waves I can feel like I have a soul that has been saved I can see the light coming the clouds in rays I gotta say it now better loud than too late first of all Joseph tell us a little about yourself like who you are and what, what you do okay um I'm Joseph I I'm from Fiji um originally and I live in Adelaide I've been here 12 years now uh, and I'm a musician, full-time musician. Um, uh, wasn't always, I did, um, back in Fiji, I worked in broadcast and television. And then when I came here, kind of, uh, fell into audiovisual, doing corporate AV and all that. Um, and kept doing music on the side and then decided to be a full-time musician. March, 2020 when uh, just before the pandemic hit. So, um, but since, been a full-time musician since then anyway. And when did you come to Australia? 2011, beginning of 2011. Okay, so I want to get into the move and how that came about. But before we do, um, do you want to say how we know each other? How, how yeah. we met? Yeah, well, it was, wasn't it that night you took that photo with that, um, I forgot what it was called, Winter Sounds or something. It was a small, um, it was it was a small this? event with um, like acoustic artists. Yeah, we were all sitting on rugs. Ooh, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, there were rugs and beanbags and stuff. And I remember, I think it was... Um, I uh, forgot his name, the guy who, or he, he and his girlfriend organized that event and they, they asked me to play. So, and that was, that was, I think the first year I was here, maybe. I can't remember. What, the first when. year? Yeah. I can't remember when oh, it was. Yeah. Cause that was, <clears throat> that was about 2011 was, or something. Yeah. Cause that was, that was what I remember. I was still new to Adelaide then. And, right. Um, yeah, and, that's, and you took that photo. Because I was working for a, a local street press mag, Whip It Up, and they sent, uh, me, they sent me to cover the event. Yeah. 
And um, I think that was the first time I'd kind of been part of of an event of that particular style, like pretty cruisy, mm. people chilling on the floor sort of thing. Yeah, it was cool. I remember. And um, I didn't, it was just, it just, you know, I nothing had, I should be careful how I say this, you know, I, I loved your voice, but you didn't grab me until you did that cover, the Dr. Hook song. Oh, yeah. Um, sharing the night together. I'm yeah. like, anyone that can cover this song and make it super cool um, <laughs> has won me over. So I still remember that. Oh, wow. That version and how you did it. Yeah, uh, I love that song. I haven't played that song in a while. You've reminded me, so I think my next gig I'll be playing that song. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, then I took the, um, there was a photo that I took that night. It was like a side profile and you had like these beads of sweat and your hair was like doing this soul, yeah. glow, soul glow shine thing. <laughs> soul glow shine. <laughs> Coming to America. Yeah. When I had hair. <laughs> <laughs> and then I decided to get the, the photograph like printed and mm. put it into like a local um, exhibition for yeah. music photographers and then after the exhibition, I didn't know what to do with the. I actually held on to it for quite a few years, mm. and then I hunted you down because yeah. you were playing a gig at um, uh, a hotel on southern side of Adelaide. Right. And uh, I thought, well, I'll go. I'll go see you play, and I'll give you the framed picture. Yeah. And then I like rocked up, and I'm like, I don't know if you remember me, but. And, yeah, and you and had did. this really lovely, welcoming, receptive vibe. Oh. So, <laughs> no, it was cool. It was very cool. You know, not every day some, you know, photographer gives you a print of yourself. You know, and it was a really good one. And it's on the wall at home. So, so do you look look at it and go oh, back when I had hair? Yes, all <laughs> the time. Thank you for leaving me that reminder. Uh, uh, no, yeah, so that was, yeah. It's a good to... reminder because I remember that event and then you, because you're attached to that to that thing that's on the wall, the picture, you know, Aww. that you took. So that's, yeah, always makes me think of that event and you. And, oh, thank you. Yeah. Okay, so yes, that was how we met. Mm. So, um, you know, we had a little chat off camera before and I know a little bit about your story but you you have you come across to me as someone uh with an entrepreneurial streak um just in the way that your music story has unfolded um so before we get to the Fiji story Mm -hmm. can you tell us a bit more about your music journey like um the different things that you've dabbled with on the scene yeah well i don't know how, how you want to go all the way back to i want it all jason want i want it all, it all. Oh. so you know you told me that you you were doing um some industry work with the audio visual staff yeah yeah um so anyway, music if we i guess my musical journey started you know <clears throat> from a child, uh, my mother, she was a classical piano teacher um, and dad was a drummer. So 
So I kind of grew up, you know, with music always around in, in some form. Um, I didn't really get into like playing and, and, and embracing it until like the later years of high school. Um, cause my friends start picked up a guitar and started playing. So we had this kind of, you know, competitive thing with us. So I'll try, I picked up a guitar and then started playing. Um, and then my stepfather at the time, uh, was a jazz guitarist. So he taught me blues, how to play blues on a guitar. That mini competition that you had with your mate, did that uh, kind of compel you to yes. get better? Yes, that's awesome. that, and that's how we did it. Because his, his uncle, Tony's uncle, was, was um, a trained classical guitarist. Um, like, you know, he went to the Vatican and studied for years. And then, so he was teaching Tony and, you know, all his nephews and sons all that style of music. And I was getting taught blues music from, from my stepfather. So we kind of put that together and we were just playing, you know, this, this interesting mix of styles that we, that we had, you know. And, we, you know, in Fiji, of course, there's a lot of gospel, a lot of um, reggae uh, music that you grow up with as well. So there's a lot of that influence in there too. Which style would be the primary Blues. blues. Yeah. 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 I always blues first. That's, it's my go-to. Yeah. So if we freeze on that scene, because that's sort of telling us how um, you grew up with music around you. Mm. And then if we fast forward to like adolescence, we're playing or playing your first gig. Oh, yeah. Fiji. Yeah. That was- <laughs> how did that come about? Oh, that was funny. Well, first ever gig, I don't know if you want to call it a first gig, but say my first experience on a stage in front of a crowd, uh, I had my back to the crowd the whole time because <laughs> it was this overwhelming load of emotions that I didn't know how to react to or, or accept, you know? Whose idea was it for you to get on that stage? It was my stepdad. It was his his band. Um, and I wasn't even plugged into the PA. He just gave me a little speaker so I could hear myself in the corner, back corner of the stage. Um, and I was just there, back to the crowd, just playing, trying to follow the band and, you know, nervous. So it was, it was funny. Was that just musician only or were you singing? No, just, just musician only. Yeah. So playing, yeah. It's funny, singing, I never, I, and still today, I do enjoy singing, but I've never considered myself a singer because I was never the singer in you know, a band or anything. I was always the guitarist or an accompanying someone else. I remember when you told me that, and I really <clears throat> want to press you for more details on that. I just now want to ask you all the questions. <laughs> I'm aware that we keep kind of going back and forth because there's there's just so much I want to ask you. Yeah. Um, I did ask about the entrepreneurial stuff before. Yes. So if we fast forward from that first gig experience in BG yeah. and then you're in Australia. Yeah. You, did you 
with with the industry work that you were doing, were you, did you do any of that in Fiji? Oh, you said you did before. Sorry. Well, in Fiji, it wasn't uh, corporate AV because there's there's not a big industry like there is here for that that type of work. Uh, in Fiji, I did broadcast. So I worked for Fiji Television, and and pretty much covering a wide range of of roles, you know, um, because there there is no you know, film school or production school as such in Fiji. So you get thrown in the job and you learn as you go and you, you know, learn off, off you know, your, um, whoever's been there before. And that's just, that's just the way you work and learn. So it was kind of like an apprenticeship, you know, in a sense. Um, but yeah, then, and then as you get better, you, you move up and do various roles. Did that so, change the way that you did gigs? Yeah, well, yes, at that time. Well, yes and no. That when you're young and you got a lot of energy, you know, you can you can burn yourself out, you know, and still be okay. But what so about that's what on I was doing level? pretty much. But on the technical level, yeah, that it was diff it was hard to transition from that to corporate A V in the sense that the um you know, the work was kind of scaled down, you know. So I had to, I had to re, relearn concepts, so to speak. Um, but the good thing about doing corporate AV here is, is the, the the scope of work. So I was doing everything from like a small room, say a setup like this, to a big conference with multiple microphones and cameras and screens, to you know big gala dinners and things like that. So, which were the kind of jobs that you preferred to do? Yes. Yeah. And, and I enjoyed every minute of it when I was doing it. Um, but my, my heart was always with music, you know, I always wanted to be a full-time musician, um, but I never could. So music always had to be this other thing that I did. Um, but then, you know, since living in Australia and then getting the amount of music work, that I am, I thought, you know, it was time to take that step and be a full-time musician. So doing that now, and then that in itself, I had to, I'm, I'm still learning a lot of, um, of other aspects of being a full-time musician. It's not just going to gigs and playing, you know, there's, um, there's other avenues with through, uh, APRA where, <clears throat> You gotta, you know, you give them all your set lists, and um, at the end of the year, you, if you play all your original music, you can get income from there. Can you tell people about APRA, like what kind of body they are exactly? Yeah, they're the. I might struggle with what the acronym extends to. It's the Australian Performing Rights Association, um, and the. So this is a songwriting. Yeah, it's yeah. well, it's 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 broad. It's not just songwriting and music. You know, that's um, covers media, any type of media that's original, and you can register with them. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, so far that's that's as far as I've gone with with that. So that that's an, an another avenue for income, and then and they also have a lot of training on industry. Uh, the way the industry works and how you can position yourself in, you know, however you want. 
So there, there are a lot of good resources that they have there. Yeah, some, some of your gigs, you were incorporating a bit of DJing and such. Mm. Yeah, well, weddings especially I found, you know, um, I've done a few where I'll do the acoustic set, you know, usually if it's the ceremony or pre or post ceremony, you know, acoustic tunes and then the pre-dinner, a bit more acoustic tunes and then either a band or a DJ later. But what I've done in a few weddings is I'll have a drummer join me um, for the, for the dinner part. Uh, and then we'll change the whole setup to be a DJ from after dinner onwards. So, you know, it, we, we cover all the entertainment uh, for, for the whole wedding, you know, that way. Yeah. Um, Entrepreneurship looks different for a lot of people, but they're the kinds of things, they're the kinds of details. Um, when I hear that stuff from you, that's where I pick up that, yeah. that vibe yeah. of you're willing to stretch yourself and do different things mm. to get that booking or to push yourself, you know, yeah, on yeah. the scene. It's, it's, it, you know, yeah, I had to, ch- I had to change my sort of way of thinking um, and I'm still still in that process now because you know when you're working for yourself, it's I don't know you've got so many different hats that you've got to put on at different times, and it's it's not easy. <laughs> I don't get it right, you know, a lot. <laughs> Give us an example of the 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 change in thinking that you had to do. Oh uh, well, <clears throat> the main thing I think I'm. <sighs> trying to get a hold on now is, is how my days are different. You know, when you're working, I mean, although even shift work as well, you know, you're working, you know that these are the hours you're doing at the end of the week, you get home, you forget about it. Then you start again the following week, you know, that's your cycle of work. Whereas when you're working for yourself, it's, there is no, you know, set period of, rest and set period of work. It's always, it's always there. You've got to always be on top of everything. You've got to always be thinking of, you know, next year or, you know, the next half of the year. Just that, that way of thinking is what I'm trying to sort of get used to now. So when do you rest? Well, (laughs) that's funny because, well, you know, because I don't have to work Monday to Friday. I've got the days, mm. you know, so, you know, apart from, cause I've got family as well. So I've got children to drop and pick up wherever house to clean. And then I got to organize dinners because Emma does do the nine to five. And sometimes later she's dental nurse. So I've kind of taken on a lot of those roles, looking after the house and the family and stuff as well. Um, as, trying to stay busy and making sure that there's always work for me, but it works for us because then Emma, you know, she doesn't work Fridays or Mondays. So when I, sorry, when I start working on the weekends, she's at home to take over all that stuff. So like family life, it kind of works that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that resting, (laughs) um, I try to get as much sleep as I can. Yeah. It's, so when, so it, 
during the days that you're not thinking about music stuff or are you pretty much always thinking about I'm it? I'm always thinking. There's yeah. music happening up here all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So it would be safe to say that um, for most of, li- most of your life you've always been around music-related yeah. Um, yeah. opportunities. That would so be safe to say. Which, which of those have been the most challenging for you? In terms of growing your skills or, or trying new things yeah, musically? Well, it's honestly, it's, it's now like music because, you know, I've got to spread myself over um, the, the craft of playing music because to get better and to keep getting better, you've got to put time, practice time in and practice and practice to be better. So, one thing that I'm finding frustrating is that I'm not putting enough practice time into actually playing, you know, to, to, to the, the craft of, of playing guitar and music um, because I have to spread myself with all these other aspects of life. Um, so that's, at the moment, that's what I'm... That's your current That's my current, challenge? yeah. You've hit a point in your I've life I've hit a where- point where... I want to be a better guitarist, but I'm not giving it enough time. You're pretty time. fucking good already, though, I have to say. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'll take that. But it's, you know, you always want when to, you, when you get to a point and you're playing the same thing, same thing, and it, it can get frustrating because, you know, it, it's, it's like a, a two-way relationship with the music and, and playing and the skills and, and, and all that, the whole package is like, the more I give to it in terms of time and practice to be better, the more it gives back to me where I can, hear my, I can hear the music and feel the music because I'm going to new places all the time. Yeah, you know? I hear you because as a writer, there's a definite parallel there. Yeah. Um, you know, we can, it's really important for writers to read. If we mm. don't read, then we don't kind of stretch ourselves with the craft yeah. and if we don't write then you know um we're just not giving ourselves the opportunity to yeah. get better anyway so yeah. it's just with any craft isn't it we've got to put in the time yeah. the practice that's it that's it it's um <clears throat> i don't know it's it is frustrating um but at the same time i still enjoy what i do you know what i'm doing is it's still Fills, fills my soul with good energy. But I just, it's the frustrating bit is like, yeah, it's the same wall I'm just hitting. Even though it's a nice wall. I like the wall. It's the same wall. I just want a new wall, you know? I like that analogy. You um, had a part to play in the theme music for the show. Oh, that was so much fun. Yes. What was that experience like for yeah. you? No, it was so much fun. Um, and you know, like Pearl Jam, you're, you're a mega Pearl Jam fan, you know, I've come to know that. Um, and I never really, you know, there's different levels of mega. Oh, oh, is there? I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm probably at the lower mega level. Oh, okay. Okay. But But you're still in the mega realm. (laughs) (laughs) But continue. Sorry to cut you off. (laughs) That's all right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
yeah, so like I never really listened to a lot of Pearl Jam uh, or any of that uh, music from the 90s, you know, in that, really? that style. Because that's when... We need to stop this interview when, right now. There was what's wrong with you. But I do know and I love them now because... <laughs> Yeah, and you're one of the people that's kind of not shoved it in my face, but, you know, <laughs> put it there. And over the years, there's, you know, people have kind of just, you know, just, yeah, just check it out, just check it out. And and now I think when you're doing this, um, the intro music for your for your podcast, it was, I've, I've been going deeper and deeper into Pearl Jam and all the other songs, you know? And then I was like, well, what's that one like? And then I like that one. Oh, I love hearing so that. That's awesome. you've kind of helped open my, or, or introduce me to the world of Pearl Jam. So thank you. But going back to making the song, I love, you know, it took me a while to, to sit in the space of, of that song, that, you know, the Amongst the Waves. And because the first honest, and this is just brutal honesty, the first time I heard it, it didn't catch me at all. Like there was no part of it that I thought, you know, jumped out at me. But I had to sit in it for a while. And when I got into the song, I really enjoyed it. And I really like listening to it now. It's on my playlist. Um, And then just getting it onto guitar, um, it was interesting, like the different variations we went through and what we ended up with. The bottom line is I'm fucking happy with how it turned out. <laughs> nice. Well, that's good. Speaking of singing, um, I wanted to go back to, yeah, you said before that you, you never really saw yourself as a singer. Yeah. So why did you, yeah. So, um the first like band um, that I was in was my, myself and Tony, my friend Tony, who, you know, we were always competing and, and just playing music together. And we used to just play parties. And then we met uh, Tale. She was a beautiful singer. Um, and Nadine, we actually went to primary school with. So the four of us just put a band together. with just two guitars and two girls This is singing. all in Fiji. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So from that point onwards, there was always a singer, you know, and I was just, just a guitarist because the band grew and then we moved to another residency at another pub um, and we did that for a few years. And then, and then we stopped and then life took over. And I did, I did a lot of solo stuff, but more uh, just guitar, you know, didn't really sing a lot. It was really till like, came here, uh, the only way I could get work was if I sang and played. I was, I was, I wanted to ask you, like, did you do it because you thought that you would get more work? But I was like waiting for the right opportunity <laughs> to, to ask you. And I just want to add that, I, you know, should we tell people that you're not getting too, that emotional and you've got hay fever yes, today? Yes, yes. Please. Um, although I do get emotional sometimes, now is not the time. You were saying that in your, in Fiji there was always a singer around. So yeah. But then when you came to Australia, yeah. So I I got to when I came here. Um, in order to get work and gigs, 
I had to sing and play. So, so the, I just thought I'd, um, the apartment I was living in then, I just kind of set up a camera, recorded myself um, singing a few songs, just, you know, little clips, put it together. And then I just went around to clubs and bars, throwing, giving them DVDs and stuff and going on Facebook and messaging venues through their Facebook messenger. Um, so that's how I started getting gigs. But prior to that, are you saying that no one gave you any encouragement to sing? To Like no one put oh, that idea into your head and said you should sing? No, no. It was purely to get work and make some money. <laughs> that's so bizarre. But yeah. I'm, and now I love it. I enjoy singing so much now. I just want to clarify, it's bizarre because you have a beautiful voice and it just, you know, like, can you, can you, how much of it did you have, how much of, with the way you sing now, how much of it has been training like, and how much of it just like a natural thing? I don't know. I guess at this point I've sung enough gigs for that to be kind of training. I don't know. But yeah, there's, um, it's, it's changed, you know, like I started singing. I just sang because I sang. There was no thought. There was no planning. There was no training or anything. It was just, just sing the song, you know, the song, sing it. So did it. But now all these years of singing, I'm starting to notice uh, certain parts about my body, what happens to my body when I sing, you know, with the lungs and where to get air from and, and and how to how to like squeeze or compress your wind so that you can hold a note longer or or you can hit that high note you know so things like that I'm starting to sort of see I don't know about learn like it's things like how do you explain you know when you know something but once you've read an official thing about it it kind of confirms it. Kind of thing. That's called intuition, my friend. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wanted to ask you, when you choose your songs, how much of it is it to suit your voice and how much of it is, you know, I know people love this song, so I'm going to learn it. Yeah. Which? Well, I'd say 20% of what I do is for, you know, other people and 80% of the songs I do because I like them. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are the you know, the crowd pleasers that you have to do, um, that keeps you working. Um, but 80% of, say, say take a gig, 80% of the gig will be all the songs that I actually like. And then 20% of the gig will be, you know, and I don't know, it, it just works out that the songs that I like, but I don't do the songs exactly like they are. I, I change every song I do to suit, how I feel about the song. And to me, that's a test of a, an awesome musician. I mean, that's what I was saying before about your cover of Sharing the Night Together. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, there's, there was no way in a previous life that I would have voluntarily played that song because it was just cheese. Yeah. But you took all the cheese out of it and made it really cool. So, so how important is it for you to have the opportunity at gigs to play originals versus covers? Well, the opportunity is there. Every gig is an opportunity for me to play. Oh, my do, original you, song. do you do it? No. 
because um, that's another flaw of mine or, or um, a challenge is being okay with my original music to share it with everybody. Put my hand up for your audience, for test audience. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. But what does that mean, being okay with that? Is it? Are you concerned that you're going to lose your audience, or do you, you think that your stuff isn't good enough? Like, I think I'm scared of being judged for for I don't like. No, it's it's hard to explain. It's like it's like you know. A song, my original songs, they're not really a representation of me. They're just a, a story that I'm telling kind of thing. But sometimes I feel like if I put it up there, people are going to think that's a representation of me and oh, judge me on that. From that. Yeah, well, that's good. I'm telling you now. It makes sense and it's going to happen anyway. It, it depends on how explicit you get with your lyrics, I suppose, like and, or how specific <clears throat> Like yeah, it's yeah. so specific that people are going to be like, okay, this dude just totally lived this. <laughs> no, that, you know, and it, that makes sense. But the, the challenge is, is getting over that and, and accepting, I guess, and just doing it anyway. <laughs> like that is, um, that is the show right there. <laughs> Accepting it and doing it anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's I've you know I've learned to do that with a lot of other aspects in life, except for my original music. And yeah, I can't. I don't know. I can't tell you why, because I don't know. It's just it's just there. It's like a. It feels like a physical barrier. You know. This is interesting. <laughs> We've just next leveled this interview. I'm hoping I'm hoping that um when we catch up next you can you can yeah, tell I me that you've chipped away. Chipped at that, away. Or oh, you know, you could I think I have I kind of like I've I've gotten onto APRA, I've registered the songs there and I've got uh just recordings of myself just playing. Actually, how important is that? Like what, what would happen if you played an original at a gig and it wasn't registered anyway? Nothing, nothing. All what registering does is it, it's, um, first of all, ownership. That, that proves your ownership of that work uh, and also revenue because every time you play your original song at a, at a gig mm. and you put it on your set list that you – register with Abraham at the end of the year, they add up how many times you played it and you get royalties for your own music. Mm. Yeah. And once it's registered as well, if, if your music gets used anywhere else, um, it gets tracked because every time you register it, it gets a specific number. You know, I forgot what it is, but it's a long number. And Mm -hmm. so every time it gets played anywhere, digitally online, it gets recorded and then somebody has to pay for it somehow. Just want to take a moment to talk about how much I love coffee. If you listen to the trailer, then my coffee fixation was pretty obvious. I'm pumped to have Cecilia Coffee sponsoring the show. I'm always happily caffeinated. 
thanks to these guys. I personally love and drink their organic fort blend. They also have organic decaf as well, if you need to ease up on your caffeine intake. Their coffee is freshly and locally roasted here in Adelaide, South Australia, and you can check out their range by going to ceciliacoffee.com.au. That's S-I-C-I-L-I-A. Use coupon or discount code LOUD10 at checkout to enjoy 10% off your first order. LOUD10 as in L-O-U-D-1-0. Okay, so going back to the the entrepreneurial thing, mm. you do a bit of coaching on the side, don't you? Yes, yes. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah. Well, um, I've always wanted to teach. Um, and and every time I thought about it, you know, I'm not I'm not a schooled musician. I didn't I didn't learn music in school, so I don't know how to read music. So you know, keep thinking, then what can I teach? Um, then over the years, I found a lot of people just, there's a lot of people who want to learn music either casually or as therapy, you know? So I, and uh, uh, it was a few years ago, I met, well, I knew Kira from, from years ago. Like we were musicians, we'd always pass, you know, at gigs. And then uh, she was doing this, um, KN Creation, she called it. It was arts therapy. Um, and she needed someone to to fill in for the night um, appointments, which was like, what was it? Five five to nine or something like that. She was doing art therapy, you said? She was doing art, art yeah. therapy. So she was doing everything from music to craft work to um, drawing, and, you know, everything like that through NDIS and all that. She was doing that. Um, so I started uh, teaching. So I kind of went as a mentor. So I was like, okay, music mentor. And I started getting a lot of students. So um, a wide range of ages and backgrounds, and they all wanted different things from it. And I'm really, really enjoying it right now. So um, whenever I can. So at the moment, it's on hold. Um because I could just um, allocate some time to the youngest child um, who's having some things with school and that. But as soon as I can, I'm going to jump straight back into it because, um, yeah, it's, it, I enjoy teaching. And it's not technical teaching, the way I teach. Um, it's more applied kind of music. So, you know, you come in and say, okay, what is there a song that you want to learn to play or sing? Uh, and then we'll work towards that. And then while learning that song, you know, then then I'll show them the techniques and and other ways to to bring the music up. I, I was really impressed when you told me about the music therapy because you know um, creativity and helping others with it. I mean, what's what's yeah. not to love yeah. about that? And it, it, I can see that you know it does it it makes a huge difference in people's lives just music you know it, whether you're listening to music or or you're learning to to make music or and just the process of making music it's um it can make a big difference positive difference 
Give me one little detail just from one mini experience in the art therapy, the music therapy scene where you, you can see that you've, you've really, you know, you've either touched that person or you've helped them in some way. Like what, what does that look like? Uh, oh, there's a few. Um, I might pick Katerina. She was um beautiful, beautiful person. And she had this really nice speaking voice. And she, she like yours. always wanted to sing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, like similar, like similar sort of timbre, you know, to her voice. And she loved to sing. And when she started, I think we, oh, I can't remember what song she wanted, but she, she likes all the like 70s rock stuff. So we did some songs by Free or something. But what I'm getting at is when she first started, she she had a lot of problems with her throat. Um, she had an operation or something, and she she found it hard to 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 throw her voice, like to to sing loud. So she'd sing like really low, like this, and, and she was very shy about it. So we worked on breathing and like singing song lines over and over to get her breathing going and her you know vocal cords happening. Um, and now she's she's playing gigs now. She's That's doing awesome. in around Gola, like just some um, small community stuff. But she's she's enjoying. She messages me all the time. When are you gonna teach again? You know, come oh, back, let me great. know. So yeah, she went from that, and she also had an operation on her uh, vocal cords. Um, but she's healed now and just enjoying it and playing it. Oh, thanks for sharing so, that. That's oh, lovely. No, it's it's wonderful. It's that's that's what I mean by you know that's that's it giving back to mm. you when you see things like that and you you feel good about you know what you've done. You've made a difference in someone else's life, yeah, you know, and a positive difference too. So. Yeah, I'm actually really enjoying talking to you, and I've, um, I I'm actually coming up with more questions and going beyond my okay. you know my default list here. I'm enjoying this. It's just like, you know, chatting with a friend and chilling. You actually have a, when you said before about the client with the nice speaking voice and I'm like, have you listened to yourself (laughs) lately? (laughs) I I applied for a radio job. I didn't get it. (laughs) This was years back in Fiji. Um, But uh, yeah, I wasn't good enough for radio, but then I got on TV. So I was working in television. I was, uh, predominantly, you know, editor, uh, camera production. But then there were three local TV shows that they needed someone to host. So I hosted two of them. And the third one was a, a comedy skit show. Uh, and one person couldn't make a sh- one of the shoots that they were doing. So they asked me to fill in. And then for, after that episode, I became a regular on the show because what? <laughs> they wanted me there all the time. Oh my God. People well, thought I was funny. So <laughs> I don't you know why. Are full of surprises. <laughs> and also the people that turn you down for the radio, the radio um, gig, do I have to send, send them a copy of this podcast? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Please. And it's, say, uh, look what you've Legend passed FM on. Fiji. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So you said blues was a, uh, you know, a big influence. What, yeah. which um, artists were big influences on you? Um, Buddy Guy 
was one of the first um, albums I listened to or got given to listen to. So my stepfather gave me a cassette tape for the album It Feels Like Rain, my buddy guy. So that was the first, my first mm. introduction to blues. Well, not really. I, was, I knew of blues, but that was kind of the first time I was given material to study mm. and, and imitate and mimic. Um, and I did that. And that and Eric Clapton's album, From the Cradle. Mm. So those two albums, they're like my blues Bibles. So oh, yeah. I've not heard either of them, so now I'm going to have to. Yeah, look at I'll send you the link to yeah. them. Good, good albums if you if you like blues because it's really heavy blues. Um, Buddy Guy one is interesting because it's it's kind of a mix of heavy blues and a bit of um, soft sort of uh, country blues, if you'd call it that. So, but good, good music. So I just want to. Um backtrack because you've told us you know quite a bit about all the different things you've done musically what you know like the wedding stuff and the freaking comedy sketches what the hell <laughs> like what does an ideal day look like for you like what what do you want to be doing musically oh man i just want to play i just want to play and sing like every day if i can do that i'll be happy and what, like, are we talking the hotels or, um, you know, outdoor events? Well, I, I you know, it's hard. it's hard for me to, because I approach every, every time I play, I approach it the same way, whether it's a big stage or the corner of a park. I love that you said you know? that. Yeah. It's it, because it, I don't know. It's that relationship I have with my music, the music that I play is, is, you know, we're in this together and we just get lost in it together and we go. When I heard you say that to me, that sounds like you have like a deep sense of gratitude for what you do and having the opportunity to play. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll take, you know, when I first came here, I was like, I'll take all the gigs. Where's the gig? I'll take it all. Um, now I'm having to say no to gigs because I don't have time because I'm already booked somewhere else, you know. And that's, that's, I'm eternally grateful to be in this position, you know. And I get to play music and pay my bills and look after a family. Um, I think that's just a beautiful note to end on. Um, and I just, yeah, really want to thank you for chatting to me today about your experiences it's been my absolute pleasure chatting with you today thank you for having me you're welcome all the best <laughs> and you too you too looking forward to all your other podcasts hey thanks for giving your time to listen today if the show helped or entertained you in any way leaving a review or sharing it with a friend would mean a lot to me to stay in the loop for future podcast content, you can follow me on Instagram at Better Loud Than Too Late. I also have a newsletter where I share ways on how I've introduced more playfulness into my life. You can subscribe at iamgenevra.com forward slash press play. That's P R E S S P L A Y. 
Until next time.